Good morning, good morning. Thank you, Jamie. Uh, I'm going to be preaching about uh, Jesus in the lion's den. <laughs> you mess with me with that. I'd, yeah. Well, it's good to be here this morning. I, um, I, I was privileged to be with Jamie, Jeff, and Marshall through the uh, selection process or the um, uh, interviews of the potential pastors. And well, I, I, when I left that second interview, Jamie, I thought, wow, you guys, I was praying for y'all real hard. I said, you got a tough choice there, but you made the right choice, and it, it's pretty exciting. I, um, Jeff, when he, he invited me to speak, this is this was the busiest weekend of of the summer for me. Uh, we had a um, we're part of a basketball tournament revival. Jeff, they were trying to uh, on the east side of Tacoma. They they had the east side of Tacoma. Uh, the new they have a new community center, which is that's that's the Blood Gang area, and so. Then I'm 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 from the south side, which is the Crip area. So they said, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna blend the two." <laughs> and I'm thinking, whose idea was this? So um, my son he recruited he he I'm just he he recruited some very well gentlemen that needed to be revived <laughs> that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> and so we had it started friday night and then uh, ended last night they had several games friday night and then which erupted into a, an issue where yeah a real bad issue with it that I, it was so bad where I, I was so concerned about the next day that I was up praying at 3 a.m. yesterday morning. Protect us, Lord, please. <laughs> nah, it wasn't that bad, but it was, it, it was, it got pretty heated. And so my day started 3 a.m. yesterday. And uh, our church actually won the tournament, Rachel. We won the tournament, uh, which we were excited about that. And then they did a revival service. They had a couple of NBA, uh, WNBA players there. Um, Ruthie from the, she was one of the Olympians. Uh, USA basketball team was there last night. And uh, I didn't get home till about 10 o'clock. And, and then and in bed about 11.30. And I hadn't seen my wife, so we talked for a while. And, and then uh, back up at 6 a.m. And this morning praying for you all and praying for this whole situation and um, so it's been a long long weekend but I'm still excited uh, to be here I'm, I'm your brother from another mother <laughs> uh, I let me share my word and I, I want to get into I'll get into some some of my background thank you for that uh, that um, introduction uh, Jamie, I really appreciate it. I told her, don't believe everything on the internet. She said, I got that off your internet. I said, don't believe everything on the internet. <laughs> How many of you have uh, had challenges when you've been dealing with changes? Yeah, challenges. 
I, I, when, when, honestly, here was the deal. When Jeff contacted me, one of the ways I knew that I was supposed to be here is God immediately spoke to me. And he, and he talked to me about, shared with them about managing the challenges of change. Uh, we're in a process now of uh, remodeling our sanctuary. <clears throat> our church is 110 years old. And uh, I had the nerve, the audacity to pull up the carpet because I, I, I wanted hardwood floors. And hardwood floors are 110 years old. And uh, they talked back to me and said, uh, where you been? And, and, and what took you so long? And we've been needing new stain and wax for a long time. And what took you so long? And it, then it resisted in certain I It was just, it's been tough. And we've been dealing with it all week. And uh, and then we, we got rid of the pews. The pews are gone. And then, yeah, we got rid of all the old pews. We were putting chairs in there and getting ready for the harvest of what God is going to do. So I've been dealing with a lot of challenges. Just the floor alone has been <laughs> very challenging. But, but one of, there's, a, there's an African proverb. It says, smooth seas do not make skillful sailors. And uh, in your time of difficulty, God is not, or your time of change, God is not going to let it be smooth sailing. He's, he's just not. He's making you. He's making us. You've been through some challenges. You're, just, you're getting ready to go through some more challenges with a new pastor. And that can be challenging in itself. And so when I was pray, praying for you, I said, how can I, really help them with this transition or this time of change. Uh, what are some of the challenges that you, you face? You, you have a new pastor, and that, that probably means new vision. That probably means new mission. You have some changes that are going to occur, uh, some new programs and things. Uh, and, then, and then perhaps you may be wondering, you know, where will I fit or will I even fit with this new pastor? And uh, you know, f will I find a place of being comfortable again or, you know, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's a change is very uncomfortable. Will I find a place of being comfortable? And, and how will things compare to the last pastor? How is he going to compare to the last pastor? What would that be like? Is he, is he even going to match the last pastor or the last vision or the last mission or, or the last season of our church? One of the greatest transitions, one of the greatest changes in the New Testament is found in Acts chapter 1, where Jesus ended his 3.5-year ministry on earth. And he ascended into heaven, and he turned it over to Peter and the fellas. It had to be, I mean, I mean, he, who wants to follow Jesus? <laughs> who wants to come after Jesus? I mean, wow, that's, that's got to be uh, some fear there. I, I would be shaking in my boots having to follow Jesus. Are you serious? Why didn't, why did he just ascend? Let all of us ascend and just, just put an end to this. No, no, there's a, there's a new season 
and there's a new change and there's a new uh, challenge for Peter and the apostles as Jesus ended his ministry here on earth, went to the Father and is sitting on the right hand of the Father making intercession. They had the challenge of going into all the world and making disciples. This transition had to be managed properly up front if they were going to be successful. So here's seven keys that I read when I was reading this story in Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2, and I was looking at this transition that was taking place. Here's what I saw. When Jesus ascended, uh, give me the slide if you would. It, when Jesus ascended uh, into heaven, it says in Acts 10 and 11, uh, the, the, the disciples, they were, they were gazing or looking steadfastly into heaven. They were looking into the sky as he was going up. And then suddenly two men, they appeared to them and they said, why are you, why are you looking up or why are you even gazing? Why are you, why are you standing here looking into the sky? This same Jesus or who was been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way. He's coming back again. But here's the point. And the number one thing that the Lord told me to share with you is uh, write down or consider the past, the past. When it comes down to transitioning or making changes, to gaze means they were steadfastly or firm on what used to be. What used to be is, is leaving us. What used to be is gone. What used to be, what we're, what we're used to is leaving us. The past, it, it, it can be a threat to what God currently wants to do. Don't be so firm on the past that it causes you not to accept and embrace and move into your present. Don't get so stuck. Don't spend time comparing what used to be to what will be or what is of what is about to be. Let your past, let your past be faith fuel for the present. Let, let the past fuel you. Don't, don't let it stop you or hinder you or let you get stuck on what used to be. Let the past, and what I mean by that is, it means if God blessed you in the past, if God has been good to this ministry in the past, if you've done great things in the past, use that as fuel. Use it as fuel to propel you into what God wants to do in your present, which brings me to number two, which is the presence. The present. Acts chapter 12, it says that they left. Let me see that. The apostles returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives. They, 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 they went away from that place of gazing into heaven and looking at what used to be. And they took a walk into their present. They took a walk into their present. It was a half a mile away from gazing and looking intently into heaven, they walked away from that into the upper room. Here's the point. In faith, walk away from your past into your present. Face, face your present right now with great hope and expectation. And that is God did it before, he will do it again. Amen?
If God can work in the past and with the past, Pastor Mike and Pastor Chris and all the staff that may have come and gone, God can do it again. Amen. So face it with great faith, the present. Do that faith walk. Walk away from what used to be into what will be. Use your faith fuel to expect God to do more great things like he has done for you in the past. You know, uh, I'm going to pause here if I can. So, so in, in 87, as Jamie mentioned, I had this, this uh, single out called Continue. For some reason, it ended up on uh, KCMS, and KCMS, they played it all day long. I mean, just all day long. In fact, they called me, and they said, Man, we want to do an interview with you, and I'm on the interview, and then when they start inviting art artists to town, they say, hey, we want you to open up for us, and you can you come in? And so I was doing all of these events. There was a black guy from the hilltop on KCMS, and, and then the gospel radio station, uh, they were playing the single. It ended up being number one on the gospel station. So, and, and this was all a God thing. But here's what happened. It was a young lady by the name of Melanie B. And uh, she was a part of the Open Bible Church. I met her in a store called Dightman's in Tacoma. Uh, yeah, no Dightman's. I went in and she was in there uh, uh, saying, hey, um." Well, actually, my mother-in-law went in, and she said, hey, uh, uh, my mother, do you know Gary Wyatt? She said, yeah, I heard him on the radio. She said, that's my son-in-law. So anyway, long story short, she connected me with Melanie B., who was in the Open Bible Church, and Melanie B. connected me with Doug Trenum. And Doug Trenum, and he began to, you know, I need you to come here and come there. And so I'm doing all of these things in Open Bible. Here's a black guy from the hood. And all these white congregations, just like overnight. What a challenge. What, what a change. I had to walk in faith into my present. So I, a few years, I'm doing camps. I saw a young lady this morning. She said, I remember you from right here. Remember you from the camp? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I was there at the camps and all that. And I was everywhere. I break away. I was in the snow and everything. Uh, you know, it wasn't only, you know, it wasn't, snow wasn't the only thing white. And I, I just, <laughs> you know, just, just, I see white people. I'm, I'm from the hood. Uh, but it was a challenge. It was a challenge that I had to accept and embrace in faith. I had to forget about, I had to use the faith field of what God did in the past, and he was doing this new thing, but I had to accept it, embrace it, walk away from my traditional past, and walk into the present and to the future. Now I'm the district superintendent. Who would have thought, or district director, uh, 18, 19 years later, I've been in Open Bible, uh, October 1st be 19 years on the hilltop, 25 years pastoring. And, and when I came, listen, when I came into Open Bible uh, the, as the district director last year, Chris called me and he's, uh, we have to, talk, have to talk with Chris. He kind of set me up and, and then he, he, he promised me he didn't set me up because when I came in, they had all these transitions going on. And, and here there was a transition going on. And in Yakima, there was a transition going on. So back and forth to Yakima. I, I, didn't, I, wasn't, I didn't even have a briefing time. You just, you're just in there, just 
just go, my child, and, and, and I'm in Yakima. And then uh, there, there's some challenges in another church in, in the city of Tacoma. And then, and then Bethel it, it, out in Graham is making a transition. And then Centralia has a pastor transitioning out, retiring. I'm dealing with all of these transitions. I haven't had time to even breathe. Had I got stuck on my past and, yeah, no, this is what I use. I, oh, my the comforts of the past would hinder me from moving into the present. I'm supposed to be here today. I'm, I'm supposed to be the district director. I'm, I'm supposed to accept these challenges. I was supposed to be in the three-hour interview. <laughs> it, was, it was supposed to be two hours. But three-hour interview... <laughs> I was supposed to, and I'm, and uh, you know, and I, I could have tried to finagle my way out of the. I could have given real excuses not to do this because I have plenty to do. But God wants to do something new. And you, and 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 you don't want to get stuck in the past and let your past hinder you from what God is trying to do. You know, those were the good old days. Key word, old. God wants to do something new. And if, he, if he's going to do something new, and he is going to do something new, we have to be about walking from our past into the present. And number three, write down the prayer. The prayer. Uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Uh, it says, they all joined together constantly and keyword listen constantly in prayer constantly in prayer my mother in the faith died last year some of you may have or earlier this year it was some of you may have saw in the news tribune she pastored new covenant pentecostal church on the hilltop for 48 years she was 92 this was a praying woman she taught me how to pray. Oh, God, this, this woman had an audience with God like none I've ever seen. I mean, there was a time in the 70s, uh, these gentlemen broke into our church and stole the equipment. And she said, she said, she said that Sunday morning, she said, well, they took our stuff and you know what we're going to do? Uh, she said, we're going to, we're going to pray that they bring it back. I said, no, no, that don't, are you smoking or something? <laughs> are you serious? We're on the hilltop in the 70s. You, you might call the insurance company and write a, just forget about it. She said, no, no, we're going to pray. And, and, and they're going to bring it back. So one Sunday morning, big guy walks in. And he comes to the altar and he says out loud, I would rather go to jail than to go to hell. I was one of the guys that took your stuff. He said, I tried to break back in the door on the side, but I couldn't because I wanted to break back in <laughs> and bring the stuff back. But the door, you, you evidently fixed the door and we didn't. And God made him come through the front door and he got saved. This was a praying woman. 
But here's the point. The point I want to make with you about prayer in the times of transition and change, if you're going to manage change, you have to pray. And, and here's what prayer says. Prayer is an act of humility. It says to God, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, 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 I don't know. It's, it's an act that says to God, I don't know. I don't know what to do in this time of challenge. I like the board, uh, Jamie and, and Jeff and Marshall. They were serious about prayer and praying. This is what makes this thing happen. It's the thing that says to God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't care how many degrees and all this education. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't know. And, and, it's, and God loves it. We're, we're commanded in Chronicles. He said, if my people are called by, who are called by my name would humble themselves, humility. It says to God, I don't know what I'm doing, but you know. How many know God knows what he's doing? No one, no one really knows what change is going to bring. We just don't know. And no one should ever act like they know what change is going to bring. God only knows, so seek him. Pride will always cause God to resist us. When we act like we know, God resists us. We get prideful. Oh, I got this. I got this. No, it's just better to admit. I have a deacon, matter of fact, he's one of the guys waxing the floor. I got this. I got this. I got this figured out. And he made a major mistake. That floor talked to him, said, oh, you got this, huh? L let me show you something. How old are you? 55. I've been around 110 years. I'm going to show you. And he, and he blew it because <laughs> he got prideful. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't humble himself. It would have been better for him to just say, I don't know. And it's good to tell God, you know what? I don't, I don't we did a great, y'all did a great job of interviewing. Don't know. Still don't know. You, it's, it's still a, a chance. You just, you just don't know. But prayer fixes things. Prayer brings God into the equation. Prayer says God is going to help us or God, it invites God to help us. I like the old hymn, Jeff, they used to sing, I need thee, oh, I need thee. That's where prayer says, God, I need you. And, and we need you in this time of transition and change. We invite you into it. Then number four, I want to, the personnel, the personnel. In Acts 20, Acts verse 123, or chapter 1, verse 23. So they nominated two men. They had to replace Judas. They nominated two men, Joseph was one, and Matthias was the other, okay? Now, I, I want you to consider this. So, two good guys. Joseph's name means God will add or increase, okay? Matthias' name means gift of God. So, you got, you got, you got increase over here as one candidate, and then you got gift of God here. Which one do you pick? Because because they sound pretty much the same. Because if God increases me, it's a gift. And when God gives me a gift, it's an increase. So they are the same, right? So what they did, they began to pray 
and they and and they wanted the mind and heart of God to they 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 brought the mind and heart of God into the situation and then they cast votes and 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 they decided they made uh their their choice. Now, here's the thing that I want you to consider with this. Because these names were, sub, uh, were similar, the Bible says they prayed and they said, God, you know the hearts. Show us which one of these men you have chosen that they may have part with us in the ministry. They voted and they picked Matthias. Follow me. It was not just God's heart that mattered or the heart of the two candidates that mattered. It was the heart of the disciples, the personnel. <laughs> it was their heart. You're getting a great pastor because the personnel, some of the other members that were a part of that, they had the heart. The heart of the personnel matters, and not just the pastor. In transition, you have to have people who are after the heart of God and the disciples were and your board is and was in this whole process. And guess what? You have to be God. What is your heart? What, what is your heart in this whole thing? What is it that you want to accomplish? The personnel all must have a heart after God. You can't go wrong in the time of change and transition, if you get the heart of God. And then number five, uh, I'm going to say this quickly. In Acts chapter two, uh, many of you know the story. And I, I you know, I, I'm a Pentecostal born guy, you know, speaking in tongues and all that. Uh, thank God for all that season of my life, you know, spirit-filled believer. I am all of that. But here's the thing I want to give you, number five, write down uh, the perspective. Because <clears throat> on the day of Pentecost, it wasn't just the tongues that really mattered, uh, them being spirit-filled. For me, when I looked at it, it was God was giving them heaven's perspective. And, and I can't drive that home enough because let me tell you something. This next season for you, this next season for your pastor, this next change that you're going through, if you don't have heaven's perspective, it's not going to work. We must all have God's perspective. Every time in my life where I've messed up things, Rachel, Rachel, it was because it was my perspective and not God's. But every time I sought the Lord, every time I sought him, and God, what are you saying how do you want me to address this? He gives the spirit of God gives us God's perspective. He gives us the Holy Spirit gives us God's lens, God's point of view, because we can look. Now, uh, we went to a very difficult weekend. Uh, gang members, ex-gang members. Uh, this past weekend, Friday night, yesterday. If, if I looked through my own lens, I wouldn't have went back. But, but, but when I looked, when I, when I prayed early in the morning, I got the spirit of God gave me heaven's perspective. And he said, those are souls. You can't look at them as angry young men wanting to fight and shoot. You have to look at them. They are precious souls. And it was the perspective of God 
Honest to God. It was the perspective of God. The, the spirit gave me heaven's perspective that caused me to go back the next day into what could have turned into a violent situation. And I went without my gun. <laughs> I didn't pack. <laughs> I did not take a gun. I went with the spirit of the Lord and his perspective. And I sat there and I prayed that God would save and that God would set free. In this season, you got to have the perspective of God. The Holy Spirit comes to give us God's eyes, God's point of view, heaven's point of view. God, the Holy Spirit will always give you heaven's perspective in every challenge. And we can overcome the challenges of change when we have heaven's perspective. Amen. And then number six, in the time of transition, now they were filled with the spirit and some people asked, they were confused, some were perplexed, didn't understand what was going on, what was happening. And others started mocking them. And you got, you got thousands of people outside wondering what's going on in the upper room. And the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, verse 14, that Peter, watch now, and the 11, they stood up and he raised his voice and he began to explain what was going on. And he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the time of transition, in the time of change, listen, he could have went soft, you know, because their, their churches now, they're, 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 they, they've gone soft, not judging anybody, but they've gone soft. So you have some seeker churches where, where they kind of water down the gospel, where they water down things so they can put people in the seats and, you know, fill the church and we kind of go soft. You know, he could have went soft and said, well, and there's some, a lot of people here confused and some of them think we're drunk, and let's kind of go easy since there's thousands of people out there. Let's, let's just go soft. Let's, 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 not, let's not mention the name of Jesus. Let's not. Let's, not, let's just kind of, let's, let's start do some life coaching. Let's, let's, let's start teaching them about life. Well, the number one thing we need to know about life and in life is Jesus Christ came, hung on the cross, died for us, went in the grave, and rose on the third day. And Peter didn't back down. This is the guy that denied Christ. He preached the gospel. And the Bible says they were so convicted, they were pricked to their heart. And they asked, what, we must, what must we do? And he said, you need to repent. That's what you need to do. He didn't say, come back next Sunday to the, 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 the men's group and we'll have, we'll have a little talk. Come, come to the women's, come, come sit around the table. No, he said, you, you need to repent. And I love this because at the critical time of, of, of change, the preaching of the gospel mattered. And in your time of change, I, I don't believe this, and I'm just saying this for the record, the preaching of the gospel must continue. Preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ must continue. 
continue. Whatever change you may be in or you may be facing as a church, keep the main thing the main thing, which, which is preaching, the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When people start coming, you're going to have new visitors. They're going to come with uh, different understandings. They're going to come with different views. They're going to be perplexed, and even some may mock. Do not compromise or allow people's views to cause you to compromise the gospel of Jesus Christ. And finally, finally, number seven is the people. I said earlier, they were pricked in their heart. People, Peter told them to repent and be baptized for the remission of sin. Peter told them that they would receive the Holy Spirit. He said, you need to repent. And he also talked about the Holy Spirit. You need, he, he said, part of your problem is, is the reason why you're so perplexed is you don't have heaven's perspective. The reason why you think they're, we're drunk is because you don't have heaven's perspective. So you, he said, you need to repent, but you also need the Holy Spirit so you can have heaven's perspective. And the Bible says they gladly received the word. There were 3,000 souls that were added. Here's number seven. When I talk about the people, I'm talking about the goal for souls. In times of change, do not lose the goal for souls. This is about the goal for souls. Your new pastor will be about the goal for souls. This is all about, this is not about your little comfort, my little comfort. It's about souls. And guess what, y'all? I found out in these past couple of days, being over in the hood in the east side, that souls come with issues. They do come with challenges. And one guy came and he was just the cursing and swearing. He knew I was the pastor. He didn't care. He said, ain't this supposed to be a blankety blank? I thought it was a blankety blank church conference. A blankety 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 blankety. And God said, it's the goal is for souls. He's going to come cursing. He's going to come swearing. He needs Jesus. The goal is still souls. People bring challenges. You have challenges. Others have challenges. New souls are going to come with challenges, but it's always about the, the souls. Amen? Finally, in my conclusion, let me give you this. Now they have the challenge of managing 3,000 souls along, the souls along with the souls that would be God would add daily to the church. 3,000 souls and then the addition of many other souls. Challenges, 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 challenges. Acts chapter 2. I want you to put it up. Verse 42. I want you to see this. Here's, here's your responsibility. If you forget all the other seven points, remember this. They devoted themselves. They did. <laughs> Look what they did. They devoted themselves to apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. If you're here and you have survived the changes that have taken place over the years, it's because you're devoted. You're dedicated. You're committed. Committed. I'm here, pastor. 
I'm here. Whatever changes you, I'm here. I'm devoted. And, and that's, a, that's a word that escapes us. When I, when I came up in the church, and they call it the sanctified church, the, the holiness church. Sanctified means devoted. I'm committed. Holiness, he said, be holy. God said, be devoted to me as I am devoted to you. And listen, this is going to work when you as a ministry, as the people of God, say, I'm, I'm devoted. I, I'm committed to what God wants to do in Celebration Center. I'm committed to the next move in the next, the next season of what God is going to do in this place. They, watch now, it didn't say that the disciples or the apostles devoted them. It said they devoted themselves. Look at your neighbor and say, devote yourself. Tell them they're strong. Devote yourself. Tell the other one, say, you, you need to get devoted and stay devoted. <laughs> Amen. Devoted. It's what makes it work. It's what enables you to manage the challenges of change. I don't like it. It's rocky. Some points are uncomfortable, but I'm devoted. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Gracious Father, what a wonderful time of change that you are doing in this place. Got a new pastor, Pastor Nathan Harris. And we believe you're going to do great things through him, with him, his wife, and the staff. There's going to be such a uniting in this place that you're going to be glorified. And souls are going to be one into the kingdom. And I know there are some people who are uncomfortable with change. And you're going to help them get comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's what's going to happen in this place in this season. And you're going to do that by your grace. You're going to do it by your grace. The, your grace is going to cover this place. And they're going to walk in this next season in unity, in oneness, in cooperation, in great anticipation that you're going to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we are able to ask or think according to the power that's going to work in them. Thank you for the pastor that's coming. Thank you for the changes that is going to be made. And thank you that souls are going to be won into the kingdom through this church and this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen.